And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. I'm down to dunk. And I'm down to dunk. I'm down to dunk. This is J-Dub, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Shaco Alexander, and I'm down to dunk. This is Lindy Waters, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Mike Muscala, and I'm down to dunk. This is J-Will, and I'm down to dunk. This is Kenneth Williams, and I'm down to dunk. This is Lou Dort, and I'm down to dunk. We say this is Lou Dort, and I'm down to Dort. <laughs> this is Lou Dort, and I'm down to Dort. <laughs> Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schleich. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me, as always, on Wednesdays, my good friend Alex Spears. Alex, oh, what's up? Oh, what's up, Andrew? The, the Thunder lost a heartbreaker. In Miami, one twelve, one eleven, nasty game. Just a nasty f- little game they they gave us. I mean, just the forty for forty stat from the free throw line for the Heat tells you everything you need to know about how nasty <laughs> this game was. That, that, 40, 40 free throws, forty. That stat. You shouldn't be able to look it up. Stat shouldn't let you look it up because by <laughs> presenting it on the telecast, it makes it seem like you're watching something cool or memorable. Right. And actually, it's just letting you know how terrible the thing is that you're watching. Yeah. It's, you know, that, I, they I, scored 112. So that was roughly like 40% <laughs> of their points, a little under 40%. Yeah. It's crazy. <sighs> And I've honestly enjoyed a lot of this season because there's not been a ton of like stoppages. And like, I feel like the game has flowed a lot better in the NBA, like in general this year. In general, yeah. But like Jimmy Butler getting 23 free throws <laughs> was just wild. And there were some calls that you're like, yeah, that's questionable. But like Jimmy was just being so physical with this young Thunder team last night. And that's something that this team needs to learn from. They need to get better at. They need to be more physical themselves. Uh, it was just like Jimmy, he, his shot wasn't going in. He was 6 of 17 from the field. The he, whole team was, the Heat, anytime they just let the Heat shoot it, they were terrible. They were 39%. 39% from the field. The Thunder, I mean, the Thunder were 48% from the field. Yeah. And... There were several plays that I thought were pivot points. One was the Trey Man foul that ended up being a take foul that ended up being a six point shift. Trey had played oh. Trey had like done great stuff before then. He had hit two pull up jumpers. He got a steal, and you're like, oh man, this is awesome. And he's dribbling the ball, and then Jimmy comes and steals the ball. But that wasn't that called on Eugene. Because Eugene like lightly <clears throat> pressed his hand on Jimmy's chest. Yes, yeah, yeah. It was you're right. It was Eugene, which it's a play on. 
But it was the, the, it, it came from the turnover from Trey. Like, I don't know what Trey was doing. I don't know why he dribbles all the way in to dribble all the way out. I don't know what he was doing. But loses the ball. They get the t- the um clear path foul. Yeah, they go they go to the monitor. Let's figure this one out. <sighs> that that was my least favorite call. I mean, like you said, some of those calls were deserved. Like the the Thunder were sloppy at times when it came to foul drawing or yeah. foul causing, getting fouls. Yeah. Um, but that foul in particular, I just hate it. It's an anti-basketball foul. Like Jimmy would have not only dunked that ball, but he would have been surrounded by heat players. It was Oladipo. Now that oh, I'm it was Oladipo. Yeah. He would have dunked it, and he would have been surrounded by heat players. Like It did not affect the play at all. No. And not only did they stop the game, they had to go to the monitors then and then come back and say, okay, two shots and the ball, and then they get the three-pointer with the foul. Yeah. It went as – it couldn't have gone more poorly. Six points – off of just that one play, and then it felt like things started to shift. And then at the end, Kenrich Williams, and this is – I kind of wondered when this particular issue would rear its head, and it reared its head, like, right at the end of this game. And this is where, like, we're not – we haven't watched a like a, a team that's trying to win games quite yet, and it felt like this game – it felt like – I mean, obviously they're trying to win this game – and it's not like they haven't been trying to win other games, but just like go with me. You start to understand like issues that the roster has in moments like this, where it's like, oh, like how many people realize that Kenrich Williams shooting fifty percent from the free throw line? You I didn't know? realize until last night. Yeah, someone mentioned it in the Discord, and I was like, oh, let me go look that up. Yeah, fifty percent. Yeah, oh, okay, interesting. He goes to the line. He gets fouled in a really weird play. He's fading away. Jamal Cain is just in the wrong spot at the wrong time. <laughs> yeah, he was. He, just, he like fades away onto Jamal Cain's back and ends up getting a foul call when he just like had no clue what was going on around him. <laughs> He's just like face guarding whoever in the corner. And he gets the foul called on him. And Kenrich goes to the line and misses both. In a one point game, like just make one of them, man. We just made one of them. We're going to OT. And he misses both. Then Jimmy goes to the other end and gets this. I this is. I mean, Jalen Williams is not going to fall for the Jimmy Butler pump fake ever again. I promise you that it will never happen. He will never leave his feet again when Jimmy Butler pump fakes. One Jimmy Butler always, always, every time gets to the basket is going to pump fake. He's going to do it, and if he gets you in the air, he's going to the free throw line. And that happened in the most crucial moment of the game, and then that was, that was it. And they got the, they got the record, the NBA record of forty. That should it should just never happen again, just because it's so such a gross, gross game. But forty out of forty from the free throw line, and that was all she wrote for OKC. Yeah, I was looking at other records. So the Suns back in nineteen ninety had sixty one made free throws in a single game i was trying to imagine how i mean at least that's let you know that what we saw last night wasn't the worst possible case <laughs> and all it the could fans have been worse left, somehow left that game just like all right yeah but on kenrich like at that moment when he shot those free throws he was shooting 50 percent to let you know how few free throws he's been shooting he is now shooting 46 percent dropped yeah. four percentage points what do you take like 20 something that before that 
Yeah, he's averaging like 0. 0.8 yeah. per game. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't go to the line. He He's usually taking jumpers or he's like cleaning up the glass or he's taking an open three. Um, how close is his free throw percentage to his three-point percentage? I don't, I don't have it pulled up. Uh. Very close. In fact, uh, just rearrange a few numbers. 46.2 from the line, 42.6 from three. Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, a, that's an odd one. That's cool. It's, uh, it's like Bruce Bowen-esque, honestly. Like, that's, like Bruce Bowen would hit nail corner threes and like couldn't make a free throw to save his life. Like It's not something that's never happened in NBA history. Uh, yeah. And, you know, I guess you would rather a guy be able to hit threes and free throws, <laughs> but yes, it's just weird. <laughs> yeah. I meant to look up just how often it happens that a team takes more free throws than three pointers. Cause that happened for the heat last night. And I'm assuming like in the modern NBA, that just does not happen. I was going to say in the last like four years, probably not very yeah. often. Um, but yeah, so that game, <laughs> Like on the one hand, you have to give some credit to Miami because this is oh. what Miami games look like, hundred percent. And this yeah. is why I don't enjoy watching Miami most of the time. Why I'm not seeking that out on League Pass because so many of their games end up looking like this. Maybe this this was an extreme version because of all the free throws. But that first quarter, the way they were playing Shea on defense, yeah, they were like in this zone where the second he did anything, there were two guys on him. And then by the if he was somehow able to either like get even with those two guys or get by those two guys, Jimmy Butler was playing like free safety and would just like pop out of nowhere at the end and do something else to Shea. So it was always like three Heat players on Shea at all times. Yeah, and, and all was, and all five players with eyes on him too. Yeah, the whole time. And so it was starting to feel like. You know, the Pelicans game was like a really tough game for Shea. Yeah. And I think, I, I don't even know if he had points after the first quarter. He might have had two points after the first quarter. I was just like, oh man, on a national TV stage, like this is what well, it's going to be like. Guy, what's going on here? <laughs> yeah, that was a bummer. And then he goes out and yeah, he was 0 of 3. Realized... 0 of 3 and then was 2 of 3 from the free throw line. Okay. So it, yeah, two points. He goes out. And all of a sudden you realize like, oh, Miami doesn't really have a plan outside of Shea. Like they definitely prepared for Shea, but they didn't really <laughs> prepare for anything else. It's so true. All of a sudden, like Giddy is generating just awesome shots mm -hmm. all around the court. Mm -hmm. Wiggins missed a, a couple open threes, but uh, Giddy's also, you're starting to see the cutting come, come out and they're breaking down the zone. And all of a sudden it's looking really good. And you're like, okay, well, I guess we figured the zone out. And then J Shea comes back in. And then he finally starts to get into some type of a groove. Although, still, even at that point, the shots that he's hitting are tough. The shots that he hit all game were tough. He didn't get a lot of easy shots. Um, he did make two threes, which was nice to yeah. see. Yeah. But I felt like the second, third quarter, Shea started to look really comfortable. And then in the fourth quarter, I felt like it got rough again when Miami seemed to just lock down. And he took that last three, which it's fine. It's Shea. He can do whatever he wants. But it was. <laughs> they, needed one, the well, they needed one point. They needed. I know. That, yeah, that was the thing. They needed one point. And he's so good at driving. He's so he, good at drawing He fouls. leads the league and drives. He finishes like crazy around the rim. Like acrobatic can like get there. He had time. That's he where had you plenty just. Plenty of time. That's where you feel just like, oh, come on, bro. Like you just drive it in. Especially like, in. 
in that game. Where they're blowing they're the whistle at everything. Jamal Kane is turned around. Fouls he fouled Jimmy he fouled Kendrick Williams with his butt and they called his it. Butt. So why not drive in? Get yourself some free throws. Let's end this game properly with with a couple free throws. And listen, if he had made the three, obviously, great shot. Very exciting. It would have been great. But it would have felt like the the Wizards game. It would have felt very, very cool. It's like a very cool way to end the game. And then, of course, he misses the three. And that's when the refs finally decide to not blow their whistle. Yeah. And they yeah, just yeah. don't blow their whistle for like four seconds. They just stood there. And it was they like. Stood, they're just watching them wrestle for the ball. That was very just annoying. waiting. That was very, very annoying. And then they gave us back uh, 0.8 seconds and. Nothing like, obviously, that's not enough time. And then they <sighs> swallow their whistle as Mike Muscala tries to get a shooting foul called, but is unsuccessful. It, it was, I mean, it was a quote-unquote good game because it was a close game. It was at a the close end. game, yes. But it was up there. And I I might even say it was like n- number one for me. Worst worst watch of the year. Oh, Thunder game. not that. I mean... It was yeah, it was I'm, rough. I'm dead but serious. There's some, sucked. <laughs> That's that was not fun to watch. Because I, I agree. okay, like the I Houston agree. game. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they get blown out by Houston. That sucks. But at some point, I've already checked out. Like I'm I'm out. Okay. I, I can, All right. But I can go on with my yeah. Night. But that's okay. But this that, game. That's why it's worse. Is that you're just like let's get at it. like I I can't even like finish watching this. No. When it makes you finish watching it, the loss to Charlotte and, was really bad. Loss to Charlotte was bad, but at the same time, like New Year's Eve against Philly. God, that was just so gross. No, again, like they got they got destroyed. Don't care. The Charlotte game was different because they weren't playing that well. In this game, I actually thought for large stretches of the game, they were playing fine. It's just they could not get any flow going. Yeah. Because of all the calls. And you look at the end of the game. Only one thing had to change, Andrew. One. Yeah. If they had missed one of their 40 free throws, yeah, then it would have been a tie game. Just make a normal amount of free throws. And like Miami doesn't shoot norm- normally, they don't shoot a ton of free throws, which made aren't this they like, game even worse. Aren't they towards the bottom of the league? <laughs> I feel like I'm going to look it up right now. I feel like they're towards the bottom of the league in like everything. This Miami shot up after last night. This Miami team is like is they are twenty fifth in the league in free throws per game. Yeah, yeah. I felt like a Blazers fan last night watching that game, <laughs> wondering what is the league got out for us? Why, why won't they let us win this game? <laughs> it was out of necessity though, like to play that for Jimmy to play, and it was on Jimmy. I mean, he took twenty three. He took more than they average. And it was because of just his physicality. Like I, I have to like tip tip my hat to him because no, I'm not tipping any hats. It was, and I'm wearing one. It was, it was impressive. Honestly, it was impressive, and it's something the Thunder need to learn from. You wish the Thunder get the win on national TV. They played well. It was good to see Josh Giddy play well on national TV. He yeah, was he played. He was eighteen, fifteen, and ten. He was amazing. He. Had some incredible passes, was kind of controlling the offense down the stretch. I thought he was spectacular and didn't hit any threes, but hit a ton of shots around the rim. He he looked great. I think that's that was good. Like everybody knows Shea is good. The opinions on Josh Giddy are all over the place. 
from with people. Like some people think he's not good at all. You have like Bill Simmons ranking him like crazy high in his trade value column. Like he just like there's no consensus on Josh Giddy and the kind of player that he is. So it was like good for him to play well on national TV. Same for for J Dub. I thought J Dub was awesome yesterday yeah. as well. Twelve points, zero rebounds, which is kind of weird, but five assists, two steals, one of two from three, only five and nine. Like, come on, let's get more than nine shots for J Dub. Like, we can we can do this, guys. It's kind of yeah. Speaking of Josh Giddy, so four minutes left, and Thunder down by two. Josh Giddy makes a shot, then Shea hits a step back, uh, three three. Yeah, and then Josh Giddy two point shot. Josh Giddy two point shot. Wiggins makes dunks. Josh Giddy assists. So just in the last four minutes, he had three made field goals and an assist. Yeah. And at that point, they were up one eleven to one oh six with one twenty eight left. Yeah. They should have won. They, sh- they should have won the game. Lost. But then Miami goes on a six zero run to end the game. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. And that's why it was miserable. That's why it was miserable. But. Uh, what did you think about the Eugene Omarui start in this game? I mean, it's one of those things where it's not like there's a ton of options, so I can't really be surprised by anything that Mark does at the center position. But I didn't really see the I, – I don't know I mean, there's, what we're doing. Yeah, I mean – why not start Kenrich? Was my thought like they yeah? Had... That's that's so that's how they closed it because we were yeah we we're kind of joking because the at the beginning of the fourth quarter there was a lineup that was played that was uh not ideal. It was not it was not an optimized lineup if you were trying to win a basketball game. Two two way players out there. Two two way players. It's like everyone's healthy. Yeah. Everyone could theoretically play, and we have two two-way players on the court at the same time yeah. with, like, Trey, Giddy, and I think it was Wiggins. So it was Eugene and Lindy. Yeah. And they actually, like, did fine. But, yeah, they closed that game with what is probably their best five right now. Yeah. Yeah, without Which a was doubt. Shea, Giddy, Dort, J-Dub, and Kenrich. Yeah. A, f- a fun lineup. Yeah. Yeah, and um, so going to that lineup was like, okay, clearly they're trying to win this game. Like, this is probably our best five. Although I guess you could say that Muscala would probably need to be in any best five since he's like a plus-minus monster. But yeah, starting that game with Eugene, it did raise, uh, I would say, both of my eyebrows, Andrew. Yeah. Both of them. Yeah. I Honestly, when I saw the lineup and tweeted it, I got nervous because I was like, is that right? Are they really is like Mark really doing this on national television? Is that like yeah? You all got the lineup wrong uh, the game before that. Y'all, everyone had to correct themselves. Yeah, I thought, is this happening again? Like, did this happen again? And uh, no, it was Eugene. Shouts to Eugene. He, I mean, he did what he could out there. He just, I mean, I'll be honest. I haven't seen a lot of Orlando Robinson. Like, I was only familiar with him because of the game he had against Rudy Gobert. Right, and so I was like well, maybe this guy is just, like, really good and strong around the basket, and they just need, like, a big body. No. But then watching him. He's just, like, your run-of-the-mill big dude. Like, there's yeah, nothing. Yeah, I felt so- like his – I mean, his butt made the biggest play of the game for him when he fouled Kenridge. Well, that wasn't even him. That was Jamal Kane. 
Oh, that was Jamal Kane. Oh, yeah. never mind. He He's just – there's nothing special about Orlando Robinson. Like, he could he be a backup center in the league? Sure. In the right situation? Sure. But, like, they don't – you don't game plan for Orlando Robinson. Like, you don't – Maybe you don't, Andrew. You don't make Maybe a lineup do. for him. And I don't know. And if you do, like – so, okay, so Mark was lying to us about Bayes, <laughs> right? Because I don't, who, who asked the question? Somebody asked the question it was about Joe. It was Joe. Joe asked him a question about Bayes a few days ago. Yeah. And my takeaway from that was oh, Bayes is still in the rotation. You know, we're always rotating guys in and out. Yeah. His time is going to come around. It, it has not come around since that interview. No. And for him not to play in that game. Again, starting a, a two-way player over him. And it's not like Eugene is so amazing in his minutes yeah. that you're like, oh, well, obviously, this is why Eugene is playing yeah. over Bayes. Right. Yeah, I mean, Eugene, like, Eugene's so not going to make the climb up the second mountain. And so that, I, I mean, maybe, maybe I will be proven wrong. Maybe Mark will eventually play Bayes again at some point this season. Yeah, but each of these games, as they keep stacking up on one another, and you just see who he's playing over Bays, you start to really wonder: like, are we ever going to see Bays in a Thunder uniform on a basketball court again? Yeah, it's like it may be like, man, well, he was gonna get back on in the rotation on February 10th, but you know, it just didn't happen. You know, he got traded instead. <laughs> like, that's what we had on the schedule. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's it's obvious. Like, sure. Like, maybe he does get back in the rotation. Maybe he's in the in the game in the rotation the next game. Sure. It's just blatantly obvious, though, that he's not going to be on the Thunder. Like, it's just yeah, blatantly yeah. obvious. The guys, listen. Sure, he may get back in the rotation, but what that means, if you are in and out of the rotation, what that means is. We're not really sure about you because the guys that stay in the rotation are the guys that you know are going to make it to like to round two of all of this. Shea, Giddy, J Dub, Dort, like all those guys stay in the rotation no matter what. And yeah. like we all like Aaron Wiggins. Are we positive Aaron Wiggins is gonna make it to like the next like after this draft and the next draft, are we positive Aaron Wiggins is going to be on the team? I'm not positive that he's going to be on the team. And he's also in and out of the rotation. Like, that's fine. Even like Trey Mann, when Trey is healthy and he's with the team, he plays. Even though he only played seven minutes last night, like, he plays. So, like, the Baisley thing continues to be weird. He's played a ton of minutes in the past two seasons, and then this season he's been in and out. I think it's mostly just because, like, J-Dub is, like, really good and, like, obviously a player that they want to invest a lot of resources in. And I think that Baisley is just at the point where they know what he is. He doesn't fit with the team, and that's okay. He just is going to have to move on. And the reason that he's not anywhere else is that I don't think people are calling a ton about Baisley. I mean – I just don't think that there's that he has a ton to offer to somebody else. I think he could be successful with another team, but I think it's going to be 
closer to the trade deadline that they move on from him would be my guess. But yeah, on the question of Omarui, like I personally would just rather see Jay Will. Even even if I know even if I know that Jay Will hasn't been great in his minutes, yeah. even if that would have made them lose last night by ten points instead of losing by one point. I would just rather see Jay Will yeah. get those 16 minutes than Eugene, who I have no real faith is going to be on this roster next year. Yeah. Whereas I do think with Jay Will, I mean, who knows? He, he might not be. But I, I feel like there's a better chance just because they drafted him, drafted him high in the round. I think his first two years are guaranteed, maybe. Yeah, um, that's right. Yeah, I would just I would rather see Jay Will. Even knowing all of Jay Will's uh, faults, man, I'm looking at this Heat roster. We didn't even mention Dwayne Dedman came in, played an amazing three minutes, <laughs> amazing five minutes. Sorry, excuse me, five minutes, and then completely unclear to me to the point. I've I've watched the video. I don't know why he got a technical because it looked like he was arguing with his own coach. <clears throat> And then somehow got a technical or something and started walking back. And that's when he hit the chair and the Theragun, there was a yeah. Theragun on the chair, yeah. went perfectly flying yeah. onto the court. And they got a technical for that. Was yeah. that why he got ejected? Yeah, he got ejected the because of the Theragun. Theragun? Yes. Yes. It looked like I thought like a fan threw it or something. I didn't know what was going on. And I couldn't tell if he threw it or if he like hit a chair perfectly where it catapulted the Theragun, which I would prefer that. I believe that's what happened. Okay. There's no that's, video that's cool. footage of him taking a Theragun and chunking it onto the right. floor. Yeah. If he did that, he would be suspended for like 10 games probably. Right. It seemed like an, a total accident. You could, but it was you very really, funny that it you had could really hurt. Like, well, and also court. like the fact that it didn't hit anybody is like... Yeah. Like that could have really hurt somebody. If that like clocked somebody in the back of the head, like if Jamal Kane was out there, it would have for sure hit Jamal Kane in the back of the head just because he doesn't know what's going on out there. Um if you get hit in the back of the head with one of those, like you're you're not you're not, probably not okay. Unless it's turned on and then <coughs> therapeutic. <laughs> oh, this is, feels great. Yeah. Do you have do you have one of those? I know there's like a bunch of different brands now. I don't have one. Do you have one? Uh no, my friends have one. And I just use it when I go over their house. I could probably, yeah. I mean, that's that actually, fun. Be a nice. I feel good. Be a nice. Uh, but yeah, because he went out, because he was ejected. Yeah, they played seven guys last night, and one yeah. of them, I'm just, I, I'm embarrassed. I'm slightly embarrassed that I don't like know all of these guys by heart. Yeah, Haywood Highsmith. Haywood Highsmith. Yeah, man. Was G- a guy who played. He he went to Wheeling Jesuit. That was the college he went to. G League He's legend. Tw- Twenty six years old. Yeah. He's been he's been fighting for years to to get this opportunity. Well, hey, all these guys got a national TV opportunity last night and showed the world how good they are at free throws. So true. congrats to them. It's true. Except for Orlando Robinson and Highsmith didn't didn't shoot a free throw. That's probably honestly what saved them. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> yeah can you imagine being throws. the one guy especially if you're like one of these guys like it's the end of the rotation guy yeah who comes out and ruins that as it, i mean who cares but i'm sure their fans are pretty psyched about it today yeah 40 free throws wahoo yeah it's uh it's quite oh my gosh thunder shot 14 to 21 from the line i know i know <sighs> yeah it's not great kenrich missed both of his 
Shay missed one. Dort, Dort missed, missed two. two. J-Dub missed one. Lindy missed Miserable one. game. Yeah. Miserable game. But at least it wasn't a blowout because it was a national TV game. And we saw yeah. that like uh, the dunker spot guys, the no dunks guys were all doing playbacks of it. Yep. Which uh, I, I would have liked to known what they were talking about the whole game because it was so many fouls. Um, yeah. But at least they got an entertaining end. Yeah. With the Thunder going up and then Miami coming back. Yeah. I think people mostly a, come away positive about the Thunder. You know? Yeah. And and, and I, I never shake conversation, but for <laughs> everything that happened, especially at the beginning of that game with how they were defending him, for him to end up with 26 points on 50% shooting. Yeah. That's pretty impressive. Even though it, I don't think it was his best game overall. He still oh. got to the line seven times. He still hit two three-pointers. Yep. He still shot 50%, so still good efficiency. He did have six turnovers, which makes sense in that game. But yeah, to get to 26 points on efficient shooting against that defense was still impressive. It's not like he had a, he laid a total egg on national TV. Yeah, no, he didn't. Yeah, both teams turned the ball over a lot. Thunder had 18, the Heat had 19. And that's like both, both teams force a lot of turnovers too. So, uh, okay, let's take a quick break. And then after that, let's, uh, let's check in on this team halfway through the season. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture-themed trophies for six basketball-related activities. Trophies like the Dom- Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. All right, Al. 
41 games for the Thunder have passed. Yeah. 18 and 23. Better than I would have expected at this point. They are 18th in net rating. They're 12th in defense. And they are 20th in offense. Those are their just, that's like a quick overview of who they've been so far. Uh, how are you feeling about this team and the direction they're going 41 games in? Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> um, what, what did you say that their defense was? 12th. 12th, okay. I was just comparing it to cleaning the glass. Because cleaning the glass, for some reason, always has their defense lower. And when I think about what cleaning glass does, which is wipe out garbage time, I'm just like, why would that affect their defense so much? Because one, they're not in a lot of garbage time games. No, they're... and also that would mean that their defense is super good in garbage time <laughs> because because their yeah. overall defense is always lower on cleaning glass than it is on like NBA.com. They could have a different um, formula too. Yeah, because like I know so, I know that um, Basketball Reference has a different one than. Uh, NBA.com, which is what I'm using, but whatever. I don't know. So the reason I was excited about last night's game was because if, if we win that game, yeah, that's four of the last five yeah. with wins over Boston, Washington, Dallas, Miami, all teams that are trying to make the playoffs. Although, yes, Dallas without Luka, Miami without everyone except Jimmy. I, I think we would have come on here today and we would already be picking who do we want to play? <laughs> who, who do we want to see who do, in that first playing game? In what our, would be our, in our dream first scenario? playing game? <laughs> so I was very for that potential Wednesday pod, Phoenix, and in, instead that game happens, and now I'm sitting here looking at this game, like, oh my gosh, it's probably over. Like this is yeah. that was that felt like a turning point game. Because if they had won that game, even if they had lost like a couple of these next ones on the road, yeah, you still would have been holding on because 19 wins is is tied with like most of the teams that are right around there yeah, right Lakers, now. Lakers, Blazers, Blazers have 19. Uh, but now you look at this upcoming schedule at Philadelphia, at Chicago, at Brooklyn without KD, back home for Indiana, at the Kings, at Denver, who's uh, playing very well. Yeah. Like they legitimately could go one and five in that stretch, and it's just by the time we get to the end of January, we're completely uh, switched off our brains. You know, the choose dumb brain has died. Yeah, I, that's why I just I really wanted them win last night just to extend this a little bit longer. This upcoming stretch just looks so tough. In terms of like overall feelings about the season. <sighs> It's been <laughs> a very it's been a very entertaining season. Yeah. They've played in a lot of entertaining games. Yeah. Uh I think Shay and Giddy playing together has we're we're finally starting to see some real chemistry, synergy yep. with those two on the court. Uh especially in the last couple weeks. That is exciting. Um I think the Thunder clearly got a great pick in J dub. Clearly. And not not only did they get a great pick, but you go back and look at that draft, and there just aren't too many guys after J Dub that I'm super excited about. Like I think AJ Griffin's had a very nice year. Jalen Duran, I think, is going to be good as well. Beyond those two guys, there's not like a ton of guys in that draft who I like wish they would have taken. Yeah, 
Yeah, I so mean, like, if you I'm, could do, if you could I'm redo good it about what, how they used their assets in that. Obviously, Usman is like a whole different thing. Sure. Um, but even Usman, is there like somebody that you're like, man, they really should have taken so and so instead of Usman J. Again, I still like AJ Griffin, but it's it's like him. It's like that's the only guy. There's there's no one in the rest of that draft where I'm just like really kicking myself. I don't yeah. know. I'd be kicking myself. I didn't do it. But so yeah, I I actually feel like okay with with how they drafted right now. I yeah. would love for Usman to come back. What do 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 you remember his time schedule? Uh, I can look it up, but I, I mean he's gonna come back this okay, season. Okay, good, good. Um, yeah, I, I think there's been a lot of quality development on this team through the first half of the season, while being competitive in a league where it doesn't feel like there's any off games anymore. Yeah, I mean especially in the case of OKC. It's like every bad team, you should kind of assume that they're going to lose. And then every good team, you should assume that somebody's going to be out and the Thunder are going to be super competitive. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm very happy with where the season is at this point. I think there's this season really hasn't satisfied like either extreme of Thunder fan. Yeah. You know, if you're someone who really wants this team to push for the play-in, a game like last night is, is devastating. Because if they win that game, they're right there yeah. with all those other teams. Yeah. Whereas if you're a Thunder fan who's more interested in optimizing their draft pick, you can't be that excited either because you know they already have 18 wins. And I think back to two years ago, because that was the worst basketball we watched over this stretch. The, the spring of two years ago when it was heavy doses of Teo, yeah. heavy doses of rookie Poku, yeah, yeah. Who who else was playing on the team at that time? That uh, was a bad stretch. It was a it was a that was a brutal year. It was also the bubble year, so like you couldn't. Even oh, like go. Jalen Horde. There was a that lot was of when Horde. he was around. Uh, G- Gabby Deck came that season. Oh, Gabby Deck, and yeah, pl- and yeah. played the oh, end man. of it. Um, um, I'm I'm gonna look up a random. Uh, Charlie Brown random Jr. Name. played a lot. Moses yeah, Moses Brown, Tony Bradley, Josh Hall. <sighs> Moses of, Brown, Isaiah Roby, Bays, of course. Yeah, Josh Hall, tricky all man. Josh, a lot of people thought Josh Hall was something. Uh, my point was that as bad as that was, that team, which was without Shea, and obviously no Giddy at that point, they hadn't drafted him. They still won three games. They still won three games as that version. It's not like they lost every single game. So yeah. when if you're if you're thinking about draft positioning. You start looking ahead like, okay, what levers could they pull and what could their record realistically be? It's hard to see a scenario where this team wins fewer than like 26 games. Like, are they really going to win fewer than eight games the rest of the season? I don't know. I, think I, I can't imagine 30, that They're going to win 30 plus games. That's how I feel as well. Yeah, yeah. So That team lost 14 yeah. in a row, by the way. That they did, but they still won three. Give them the they, credit. And then they beat Boston. They beat Boston one nineteen to one fifteen, and Boston Jalen Brown Smart Evan Fournier. So so there was no Tatum, but they still beat Boston with Jalen Brown. And the Thunder starting lineup was Teo, Moses Brown, Poku, Dort, Darius Baisley. Hell yeah! <laughs> Hell yeah! It's crazy. All right, sorry. Yeah, when you go back and look at the end of it, because remember they were tied with. Uh, Cleveland that year, I believe, at the end of the day. Yep. 
They um, won the they won the coin and they won the coin flip and they won the coin but toss. lost, but lost the move up. Yep. Um. Anywho, my point was that I I think we're going to come to the end of this year and unless you are really interested in development, which we all should be, and I think everyone is to some extent. Oh, you have but, to. I mean, every everybody we all have to agree on that, right? Well, yes, but I'm saying that. If you're if you're looking back at this season based purely on like outcomes that that everyone agrees on, meaning like what their record was at the end of the season, what yeah. their draft position was, or yeah, them yeah. being in the play-in, sure, I don't think anyone's going to be necessarily satisfied with where the season ends up in that respect. Yeah, I think that's because true. because yes. they're probably going to be around. I mean, who knows, man? They could be around like the tenth pick. They could be around the eight to tenth pick. Yeah, and, I don't think they'll be as I th- I think that there will be I th- I don't think they'll be that good. I think they'll be closer to like 7. Closer to 7. Which is where but, they but are. It's, that's where they are today. You know, they would right. need like they need Toronto to like make a decision, like trade Van Vliet at the yeah. deadline or and then Chicago as well and then the Lakers and Portland. Those are the t- in Utah as well. Like they need Utah to like completely fall off, which is possible. It's possible that that was a big win last night. It was a big for win. Utah, and the way they did it against Cleveland, yeah, was uh, very impressive. That felt big, and, and just like the Thunder loss felt big, that win felt big. If it were flip flopped, and it was the Thunder winning, and Utah losing. We'd be within like a half game of them. Yeah, today you would feel like, oh, okay, like yeah, for sure, like they're gonna yeah. they're gonna pass Utah definitely in the standings. Yeah, maybe you're right because looking at the the standings, really the only team that you feel like, oh, they could definitely pass us would be Toronto if they make a big move, because I... Lakers no incentive, Bulls really no incentive, and they've been playing better as of late. Blazers really no incentive. Hawks no incentive. Although yeah. I guess the Hawks could convince themselves at some point, but they really shouldn't. They they're should not going to though. They won't. Yeah, they're that. not going to. Yeah, they won't do that. Uh, Jazz obviously could be that team, which is why they're them winning, continuing to win is so important. Minnesota no incentive. Yeah, and then Golden State at this point now they have Steph back. They're obviously not thinking about that. Yeah. So yeah. really, it's just Toronto and Utah. Yeah. That you worry about. And yeah, so so maybe it does end up being the seventh or eighth. And in terms of teams that we could pass, you know, Washington's just right behind us. Washington for sure could pass them at six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they lost three in a row, and Bradley Beal has still not come back. Yeah. Uh, and Beal will be back soon, though. It was not. It was not like a long term right, injury. Ending. He's coming. He's coming back probably within the week. Yeah. If 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 this all ends up with OKC being in the sixth spot, I think you like have to say that's a. That's a win. And and I didn't even mention Orlando, who beat Portland last night. Yeah. And is now up to 16 wins. Like, who knows? Like, maybe the Thunder really could get to the fifth spot. It just feels like that's – like, this team's too good yeah. to really be bad enough to get to that point. But who knows? Man, the Blazers. So, the Blazers have – they're three and nine in their last 12. Wow. Three and nine. And their three wins are over. Houston. Charlotte and Detroit. <laughs> it's not good. They they are in a world of hurt right now, Andrew. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I don't exactly know what the plan should be. What would you do? 
Well, they're not. They're they're never trading Dame unless Dame asks out, and yeah. Dame is probably never going to ask out. Yeah, I mean, may, maybe if they, if, maybe if this continues, like something would would happen there. Yeah. Um, their issues. I was going back through their box scores. They've one had a ton of issues with turnovers, and they've also just haven't shot the ball well in forever. Yeah, they've been shooting like thirty percent or or worse from the three point line in like I, eight straight games or something outside yeah. of their one win. You just have to believe that that will turn, you know, at some point. You have to, because, I mean, this the whole idea was that their schedule was turning and it was going to be easy. I mean, their last four games, Timberwolves, Pacers, Raptors, Magic, like nothing there like scares you. You should be able to win some of those games. They were 0-4. You should be 500, yeah. Yeah. After those games. Uh, so, yeah, so they're they're a mess. Considering like where we were thinking this team was at the beginning of the year, I feel like we were pretty spot on. Yeah. Like maybe it's felt different now that we're living through it. Yeah. But the idea that they were probably going to be somewhere between the sixth and eighth pick, which was kind of what we were talking about. This is what that would look like. And it's one of those things that can trick you because, you know, they win that game last night and all of a sudden we're we're going to, we have to talk about the play in because they'd be so close to it. Mm hmm. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's probably where they'll end up. I yeah. st- I still have like, I, w- I wouldn't say hope, but I still have like a belief that this team could go on like a little run, though. They, like like th- that this isn't the last time we're talking about their play-in contention. I don't I don't think so either. I think this road trip is tough. They just have not played well on the road. This they they're five and fourteen on the road. Yeah. Even like like the Lakers nine and fourteen, yeah. And the Raptors are five and thirteen as well. Yeah, um, they've been very good at home, but yeah, this this road heavy stretch makes you think, okay, we we could get to the end of this and they could be you know nineteen and twenty eight or something. <laughs> it's possible. I don't think they will because they just can. They'll just surprise. I think it's going to be like the same like stop stop and start thing that we've had all season where they just have like these. Little mini runs, and then like they fall back, and then another mini Which run, is and probably then they ha- fall back. And that's probably the experience of getting to like thirty to thirty-two wins. Yeah, yeah. It's and that's the inconsistency of a young team, you know. Like that's just that's just the way that this is. Like they have talent, and it just is more obvious to me that like this is the last year of the like. Oh, definitely. getting getting a top pick like they will not be able to hold this team back any longer, and I don't think they necessarily want to. I don't think they necessarily want to hold this current team back. Um, but like they're not gonna go. Like I had people in my mentions like oh, they gotta go get a big guy. They gotta go sign a big. Like they're not gonna do that. They're gonna play Eugene. They're gonna play Jay Will. <laughs> they're gonna do. They're gonna do their thing without getting a big. Which is like how you might get the sixth pick in this draft, and if you get the sixth pick in this draft, like you're gonna have a chance to draft somebody good. Like the Asar Thompson might be there, and like I don't know, I'd feel pretty awesome if they drafted a guy like that, or Anthony Black might be there at six, or Brandon Miller might be there at six, and you bring that guy onto this team, man, I'm feeling really good. But if you're like the tenth pick, and you're like. I don't know. Like, I think they could find somebody good. Like, obviously, they found if you if you got a player the caliber of, of J Dub at ten, like you'd feel awesome. 
yeah, the weird thing about this draft, and we kind of talked about it with Sam Vecini, is that once you get past Minyam and Scoot, that next tier is potentially, you know, like six to eight guys. And maybe that shakes out by the end of the season where we don't feel like that tier is so big. Yeah. But right now, it does kind of feel like whether they're pick six or whether they're pick 10, like there's going to be a guy that you're excited about who is in that next tier. Yeah. Maybe that changes by the time we get to the draft and we're like, no, this next, there's a second tier and it's these three guys. But for right now, the the risk of like missing out, because in other drafts we felt like okay, you get to pick four and there's a massive drop off. Yeah, and and, we, and doesn't mean that that is actually the case. Sometimes right. we've been wrong about that, but it doesn't feel that way this year. So I don't know. I'm I'm not as stressed out as I've been in the past. I'm I'm looking back, Andrew, mm-hmm. franchise index for the Thunder, mm-hmm. realizing the reason this season feels so weird is because it's never happened they've always won more than 44 games or fewer than 24 games they've been between they've never had a season between 25 and 43 wins in their entire existence in okc they've never actually been in the quote-unquote middle as the oklahoma city thunder yeah and that is why the experience of this season is so weird yeah like in every other season we've either known they're really bad or we've known they're good and or at least trying to be really good uh-huh yeah and this season is one of those like just kind of random middle seasons that i feel like king's fans have experienced yeah for years on end sure and and it makes me like a a little bit more i i think if chet was playing this year i think they'd be in the play-in uh i feel that way too i mean even if you even if you know, some people are, are want to go out there and say like he would, they would have ten more wins if they had Chet. I don't, I don't think that's true. Let's just say three. Yeah, say three more wins. They could, they could have three more wins. They would have won point. last night if they had Chet. So, and that would get them twenty-one wins, and they're right there with everyone. Yeah, I, I, I think they would make it because they're. I mean, honestly, like they're a a semi-competent big away from being in the play-in. And what's so crazy is 21 wins. That's how many wins the Kings have. They're the fifth seed. That's that's a three-win difference between you, OKC you where yourself, they are right now. Yes. You get three more wins, you throw yourself in the mix. And it's possible they have more. It's possible that like the Thunder are like the story, you know, of this season if if Chet plays. We could have been the darlings, Andrew. I think they might be that next year though. Like if you just just hang on, I, hope so. I I think that they could be that. And I don't know if I can hold on. <laughs> and you you add Chet and you add another draft pick, and you know you, you're feeling pretty good. And they have cap space; they're not going to sign anybody. One, they don't have a roster spot. Two, like they're not they couldn't get anybody even if they wanted to. So it's like whatever. And and I think the the big thing for the Thunder is. There are teams, not naming any names, there are teams that need to get Wembenyama or Scoot to have any chance to significantly improve next season. Whereas in the case of the Thunder, they don't necessarily, obviously it'd be awesome if they got Wembenyama. Yeah. It would be amazing. Yeah, yeah. But they don't need to get Wembenyama to be, to have, to improve next season. Yeah. Rockets, they don't need Hornets, that in the way Spurs. the Rockets need that. Yeah, in the way that like Detroit needs that, Charlotte needs those guys. Like if they go yeah. out there 
and they just get you know whoever it is, Keontae George, like they're going to be really bad again. Yeah, 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 yeah. They will be without a doubt. Even if they get Wimbenyama, if the Rockets got Wimbenyama, cool. They're still probably going to be six in the reverse standings. Don't you think they they they'd have they'd probably make a coaching change this summer, fresh start, recenter everything around Wimbenyama. They probably ask his representatives who you want to coach the team. <laughs> yeah, like honestly, they might. Um, yeah, I, I think I mean obviously things have to change in Houston. It's a it's a disaster. And even though, like, listen, we as Thunder observers want the the Houston Rockets to suffer, like that's what we want, right? Like even objectively, people that have no rooting interest either way, you talk to them about Houston, and it's like, yeah, this is an absolute disaster. So like, this is not just us like hating Houston. Like this is a but I also think actual disaster. The thing I think is so interesting about Houston is if you remove the jerseys and you remove the team and you were just describing the way the team was going about their rebuild. Yeah. Which would you have chosen a few years ago? Because at the beginning of this, I bet we would have chosen the description of what Houston is doing. Yeah, I think so. I just think that they haven't gotten lucky enough, I guess. Well, I don't even think it's that. I think there there is an element to this, which is like me coming to the realization that tr- focusing everything on being bad, mm-hmm. it, it, really, that, that seems to be number one priority. I mean, their own vet is saying that there's been no improvements. Since They're doing the great. The They're doing great when it comes to that. They are, but there's a part of me now that is starting to like uh, understand their are some downsides as much as we tried to downplay it at the beginning of all of this yeah and, and maybe maybe i'll be proven wrong you know maybe they'll they get Wembenyama and then they just kind of like snapping your fingers and they look like a normal functional team they get a, a, a different coach in there and all of a sudden you know things look fine i don't think so um, but sure yeah but but yeah i i am like changing my tune a little bit i i think this whole process has showed me that there are so many things that go on that we're really not privy to within an organization yeah. that matter as much as all of the objective things that we can see as fans. Yeah. And that trying to distill a plan down to something as simple as just, well, just do like, just, you know, sit Shay, like, just don't play him. Like there's so much that goes into all of these decisions that we don't really know about. And we kind of had a, at least I did, I had like a black and white view of this whole rebuilding process at the beginning, where it was like, the only thing that matters is the value of your own pick, because that's the only thing you have control over. And you need to maximize the value of that pick every single year to get as many hits as possible. I don't feel that, that same way anymore. Like, like if, if we redo this rebuild in a decade or whenever it is, I don't think I will have the same opinions that I had at the beginning of this rebuild. Yeah, there are just there are things that that you can see that matter. Like having some kind of tone setter in the locker room really matters. Having I mean the coaching staff has been really really good 
and then just like drafting a player type that not only does the player type fit but like the personality of the player has to fit too and like i think that we all kind of like collectively rolled our eyes whenever sam said like we draft people he said that after the the giddy draft yeah they all got up on stage and like sam said that and we're like come on bro (laughs) that's great you draft nice people it's great but like it really does matter because you watch last night and like the TNT broadcast couldn't stop talking about how unselfish the team was with regards to like the way that they played. And a yeah. lot of that comes with that everybody can put the ball in the deck and make a play, which is what the Thunder want. And it also comes down to like these are like really good character guys and none of them really care that much about their own numbers. Like they care about winning more than that and they're not they're not old enough to be able to win games. Like if this, even if like that was the, this is the roster in two years, like, yeah, they're like drumming Miami by 10 because Miami doesn't have their guys in two years, but it's just, it just takes time. But yeah, I think the process that the, the thunder have had has been very good. You feel really good about the trajectory and like a lot of their blue chip picks that are not their own are still incoming. And like that's, you feel good about the roster today. You feel good about adding Chet. You feel good about adding if you can get somebody in the top eight. Like you feel really good about that as well. And then it's like, man, the twenty four selections that they have. Like there could be some really interesting picks there. And what do they do with those? Like, do they make a trade? You know, with with some of those, you think that they probably would. Because I don't know that they're going to want to bring in four first-rounders in 24. So, like, do you consolidate the picks on draft night? Do you kick the can down the road for more draft picks in the future? Like, what do you do with those? I think it's, like, a really, really interesting, like, subplot to next year. Uh, And then adding Chet, who, I don't know, like, he's, he's a special type of player that he's, you look at, what the Thunder need, like they need rim protection, like check. They need another shot creator, check. They need somebody that the defense cares about, check. You know, that's that to me is a, is a very interesting piece to bring in. And I don't know, man. Like they, they've done a really good job up to this point. And like my, my hope for the rest of the season is that they do end up at like six in the reverse standings, which is – totally possible even winning 30 games like i think you could end up at six just because the number of teams that are trying to lose kind of stops isn't that weird though i mean that was the whole idea of this season was that you have a generational prospect and there's going to be so many more teams fighting for draft position and it just hasn't come to fruition yet yeah and even this far i mean we're halfway into the season and I still don't feel like it's coming to fruition. I keep waiting. Like, how can there, how is it only five teams that like are really trying to lose? And honestly, like four. And, and it's like even Orlando, five? Orlando's won 10 out of their last 16, I think. Yeah. So it's really Spurs, Rockets, Hornets, and Pistons. Yeah. I mean, it's. Why are there not more teams? I don't know. Some of it could just be. I mean, I don't know. The flattened lottery odds do make this really interesting because, like, you just, like, sim 
on Tankathon like a couple times. And it's like, gosh, I just did one. And like Houston, Detroit, and San Antonio are four, five, six. That's the dream. I don't you even know, care who jumped. You know, Orlando's three, Charlotte's two, Toronto's one, the Thunder fell to eight. Okay, well, that's not the dream. I take that's that back. not the dream, but like... Close that, close that browser. But like, that could happen, you know? Like, that could happen. I just hit it again. Toronto, number one, San Antonio, two, Charlotte, three, Orlando, four, Houston, five, Detroit, six, Washington, seven. Thunder, eight. But Andrew, like, we have a we have a paid question in the comments. Oh, let's yeah, yeah. Oh, this is from Blue Diamond Gem. Paid two dollars to get this question asked. Is his avatar is that Mortal Kombat? Is that uh I believe so. Get over here. Get over here. Uh would Presti draft Chet over Paolo Bancaro? Uh I mean, I I can't get into the mind of Sam Presti, but I think the answer is yes. I think the answer is yes. But don't. I think the answer is also yes. But I think that uh, the gap between Chet and Bencaro is smaller than the gap between like Chet and Jabari, who Jabari was also being talked about. Yeah. As like a number one pick. Without a doubt. I think I think Bencaro fits more in the Thunder mold than Jabari in retrospect. Without a doubt. Ball handling, the decision making, yes. Yeah. It's just the defense is the thing that I question. You know, can can Paolo hold up defensively is a question. Where like I don't think you're really asking that of Chet, except for just in like specific matchups where like you just have like a a bully ball situation, which is like more and more not the way the NBA is. Yeah. But I think the answer is absolutely yes. That they that Chet is like the ultimate like kind of guy that you would want on this team. And you know, hopefully it ends up this this year. I don't think this year is like a waste for Chet. It really sucks that we don't get to watch him, but I think there's a chance that like he gets a he gets a chance to get stronger in his upper body. I mean, he's just I mean, all he's doing is shooting jumpers all year. Like that's what he's been doing all year. That's what he's been able to do. He's been taking a lot of like one-legged jumpers because he can't put pressure on that one foot. I mean, he's doing one-legged, you know, turnaround jumpers for an entire year. Like you would hope that that would like have pay some like dividends to the team. Yeah, as long as he can stay healthy. And then, like, the defense stuff, the finishing around the basket, as much as this team, like, passes and cuts and, like, finds guys. They, they got to get some oops, Andrew. They're, they're going to get some oops. We're going to get see some oops from, from Giddy to him. And the fact that we, you know, we got to see the Giddy-Chet duo in Summer League, we haven't seen SGA-Chet in one possession yet. Just, like, think about Chet setting a screen for SGA and like Shea getting, getting to go downhill. You find Chet for an easy pick and pop. You find Chet at the basket or Shea just has a much easier path to the basket. Cause think about who's been setting the screens for him so far this season. It's like Poku and guys that like no offense to any of these guys, but the defense just largely doesn't care. They yeah. just all care about Shea. 
and like keeping Shea from getting to the hoop and keeping Shea from getting to his spots. And to be clear, like Paolo would be awesome on this team. And I am thankful that that choice wasn't there, that well, we don't have to actually think about it as a hypothetical well, because there was never that, an and opportunity. And also thankful that Houston doesn't have him. Oh, my gosh. If he had fallen to three and Houston got him, that, that would have been tough. We would not be Especially, having any of these celebratory uh, tweets from <laughs> Rockets fans at all, you know. Yeah, if we had passed on Paulo, and he had fallen to three, and gone to Houston, and that Chet would have gets been, hurt, and you're like, oh, boy, that would have yeah, that would have been truly the worst case scenario. Yeah. So the way it worked out, I'm fine with it. Like Paulo's great; he would have been great on the Thunder. I mean, yeah, I think similar, it would have been. I think it would have been awesome. He yeah. would have had a. I think a similar effect to what we're talking about with Chet, where like they're a better team if Paulo's on this team. Um, He would have probably had to play some center though. Yeah. Oh, he would have been our center (laughs) for sure. He would have been our center this year. There's no question. Yeah. 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 But, but yeah, I mean, overall, just like to, to wrap this up, the way this Thunder team has played is so encouraging. You know, the the progress of Shea is obviously, like, the number one thing on the list. It's like, Shea's making the all-star team. Shea's going to be in Utah, which is really cool. Uh, Josh Giddy has made significant progress as a shooter, as just, like, a player that understands how to play with Shea. Like, he's already made that progress, and that's pretty incredible that he's been able to do that so far where like a lot of the sophomores have not made progress this year. I mean, you look at Scotty Barnes and like, he's shooting worse in almost every way. He, the only thing you could say he's made progress in is playmaking, but they've really put him in a position to play make a lot more than last year. And then like teams are kind of leaving him alone, like Ben Simmons style out there. And you just kind of wonder if he can make that next leap there's like even been questions about his work ethic, which I don't know if that's fair or not. Um, but like you have that going on. But Giddy's made like a he's made a, a a jump. He's made a leap. And then like J Dub has obviously been great for them. Uh, Lou Dort is is kind of who he is, and you feel like it maybe even offensively he's taken a step back some, but you still feel good about his corner three and like. If they can box him into that moving forward, like, okay, Lou, you're a transition player and you're a corner three-point shooter and you're our best defender. And, like, that's what you are. Um, Yeah, because I was thinking last night as I was watching that game, okay, now that Baze is out of the rotation, who who would you say is the worst decision maker on the team? It's probably Dort. I think it's Dort as well. Or, I mean, if Eugene is a part of it, maybe it's Eugene. (sighs) Maybe it's Eugene. It probably is Eugene. Over Dort, but the guy that plays the most minutes is probably Blue Dort. And then, like, you have all your other, like, periphery, like, fun things. It's like Isaiah Joe has been really fun for OKC. And Aaron Wiggins is really fun for OKC. Um, you know, there's there's a lot to like here. And then, like, Jang, when he did play, like, showed flashes that you're like, oh, okay. Like, he's a giant, and he was starting to shoot the ball really well, and hopefully he can come back. And play well and then poku was playing really well until he broke his leg you know like there's just it's been a fun season like there's just been a lot to get excited about but like a 
all the periphery stuff like throw thrown to the side like maybe none of that matters in the long term future of this team but just the fact that like Shea, J Dub, Giddy and Giddy that that's what I was gonna say those three is r- really all that matters right now because those are guys who you feel like are gonna be top line Thunder players in the future yeah and you add Chet into that now we're already at four and then you hope whoever they get in this draft can be that fifth piece not necessarily as the fifth starter or anything but just as the fifth guy that you feel super confident in yeah and then like kenrich and like kenrich or trey man or like somebody else is gonna work as well and then they i mean honestly with like the first thunder team it was like they had like four guys that like were amazing and then they just had to go like find the rest you know and so if, if they can have these four or five guys really work out like they have they have a lot more picks coming their way they also don't have kevin durant <laughs> but like i feel at least confident that like shea is like gonna be as and russell was amazing but like i think Shea's gonna have like a russell westbrook type career like i think that he could be that good of a player i don't know that he can be durant level but like he can be westbrook harden level good in this nba and then if you just have other guys around him to fit, like Harden was on title contending teams. They never got there because they had to face that warrior squad. But this Thunder team could could get there and be really, really good. So, uh, all right. Anything else before we go, Al? No. Next game at the 76ers. Yeah. It feels like a loss, but we'll see. We'll see. They always surprise us. Who knows? Uh, the Sixers embarrass the thunder (laughs) on new year's eve so either they'll do that again or maybe the thunder will you know have something up their sleeve so uh thanks so much for listening hope you guys are doing great we will talk to you guys again on friday as you've probably heard by now we've teamed up with betmgm this season we'll be using betmgm lines to make all of our picks and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week if you haven't signed up for betmgm yet use bonus code the athletic and you'll get a one-year subscription to the athletic plus up to a fifteen hundred dollar first bet offer on your first wager with betmgm here's how it works Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.